0: First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind words and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, These young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. (laughs)
1: What's going on YouTube? Nathan back with another little presentation. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all having a great week, staying safe. Um, happy Thursday. Thank God, tomorrow's Friday. Um, August is almost at, upon the end for us. Cannot believe that. Uh, week's just gone by like that. Um, if you're enjoying the videos and content that you're seeing, be sure to give it a thumbs up. Uh, consider hitting that subscribe button. And make sure you give this video a thumbs up. I appreciate the support that I have been getting on the channel. Um a few things before we get into the video. So I made an announcement on let's talk football well watch the football weekly uh, Sean Spencer's channel that I will debut se- season three of my podcast week one of the NFL season. So uh, probably at by the end of this month season two will come to a complete will come to an end. Uh, I cannot be over three seasons into three seasons into my podcast so far. Um, you know, with football, you know, we're still going to talk about baseball. WNBA is kind of starting to transition kind of get towards the end of the season because we have 10 games left for the WNBA. Um, the dog days of summer is coming to an end for baseball. Now we're really starting to get down into the month of September. Um, we are getting really close to start playoffs. Basketball is going to pick up in a little bit. Um, I'm going to try to get some hockey in there. I'm trying to get trying to get some hockey for y'all. I'm gonna to try to do college back college sports particularly like college football and college basketball I'm gonna to try to get those in there for y'all and I'm also going to try to do social uh social topics a little bit I'm trying to i'm trying to get I'm trying to get the podcast the podcast game up and mi- trying to mix it up trying to get it uh, be better than just talking sports but um those are the announcements so season three will start the week of the nFL season uh I can't wait I'm also going to be um Part of a live fantasy draft with the Let's Talk Football crew and Mr. Anthony Hardy with the Bullpit podcast. So if you on look out for that. I might live go live with that as well. But um, that's all the announcements I have. So this is episode 11, episode 12. I've already uh, scheduled it for this Saturday because uh, the Ravens are going to play against the Panthers, and the Washington Football Team is going to play against the Cincinnati Bengals. And as of right now, the Washington Mystics, they're halftime, they're up 44-39 against the Phoenix Mercury. So I will cover that in Saturday's video. Um, Baltimore Orioles and the Nationals, I'm going to talk about them a little bit today. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles lost their 15th game road, uh, game in a row. Uh, they're one of the fifth straight losing season. Um Nothing really other there. But I'm gonna get, but I'll get into that. The Washington Nationals are kind of also in that rebuilding phase, since you know again, Max is not there, and Trey Turner, and you know, uh, <laughs> I don't really know where the Nationals are going to go from here. I I know where they're going to go, but um, let's get into it before we start video. Um, I want to send my thoughts and prayers to the family, of Jim Russ. Jim Russ was on 98 Rock, WBL. Um, I call him <laughs> growing up Mr. Traffic Man because he always uh, was on it with traffic. Uh, he's actually got me. He's, I've, you know, I ain't gonna lie. Parts of Maryland, like with traffic, it ain't no joke. You know, when there's an accident or something going on, 98 Rock, um, he'll let you know. Hey, you know, there's an accident here. Take this take this route, take this road. Um, it was unexpectedly, he was 58. Um, so I just want to send my thoughts and prayers to him, to him and his family. Uh, I, again, Jim Russ uh, is a great, great person. And again, like I said, he really kind of from uh, i got a couple friends that their stress level when it came to traffic. I said, Hey, just tune to 98 Rock, listening to Ms. Jim Russ, and they're like, Yeah, he he gives me. He calms me before the storm because traffic some days, it, it ain't no joke, people, it ain't no jokes. So I just wanted to send my thoughts, uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, I wanted to give a quick happy birthday shout out to the great uh, Roberto Clemente. Uh, he would have been 85 from doing the math, right? He would have been, been 85 today, I mean yesterday, excuse me. Um, arguably one of the best baseball players in the game, first Latino-American. To be in the um, to be enshrined in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, thirteen time, fifteen time All Star, two time World Series champion, NL MVP, World Series MVP, twelve time Gold Glover, four time batting champion, and you know obviously the numbers were was retired. Um, just a great great man, uh, very you know humanitarian, um, to help people especially. Uh, what happened in Nicaragua in, uh, in late in the early 70s, there was a devastating earthquake. And um, unfortunately, uh, his plane crashed, to, uh, delivering food and water and other supplies. So um, obviously, the Roberto Clemente award is in his name. Um, MLB The Show is doing something for him to call the field of dreams. They unlock his card. I know for a while they were actually kind of uh, wanting to have his card there. And they actually just recently just unveiled a statue. I want to say it's in the, yeah, the Baseball Hall of Fame Museum. It was really nice, you gotta check it out. But uh, I just wanted to give him a happy birthday. Shout out, again, uh, shout out to his family. Uh, my dad told me stories, uh, You know Roberto Clemente, they played against the Baltimore Orioles, 1971 World Series. Uh, just a fun fact, that was the only time I think we had won three, we had three 100 win seasons and we lost, Um he played a part in that. But, you know, just a great man. Um, Also, too, he was a he was in the Marine Corps. From what I'm understanding, did my research. Um, Yeah, so just a great man. Uh, Rest in peace. Uh, You know, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think everybody would say that Roberto Clemente. Could we make an arguments, He was one of the best baseball players in his in his day. So, happy belated birthday. Rest in peace, Roberto Clemente. So um, I cannot believe I'm really going to talk about Baltimore Orioles. Um, Nationals aren't making me feel better. They 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 played the nationals. So, but the Baltimore Orioles, ladies and gentlemen, they lost their 15th straight game. And we clinched our fifth straight losing season. And this is the season where we could be on pace for one of the worst. You know, (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind because this is disgusting. You know, I said it in the video, we were going to play 22 teams, particularly in the American league, all winning, you know, it was bad enough from May 18th to the 31st. We had lost 14 games. And I, I did some fact checking here. Since we moved from St. Louis, we became the bottom of the in 1954. The most games we lost was back in 1988. We lost 21 games straight. Behind that is actually this current record, 15. The Orioles have been outscored, again, did some fact-checking, have been outscored by opposition to margin of 138 runs to 42. The starting pitchers are 0-12 with 63 earned runs and 61 two-thirds of an inning. They haven't won a game since the Yankees by the score of 7-1 on August 2nd. We're one of 15 against the Rays this year. And to make matters worse was our 82nd loss. That's a 31%. That's a 31 winning percentage. I called it. The Baltimore Royals are on pace to lose 115 games. Now I'm going to push it to 120. I, I honestly don't want to talk about the game because we lost again tonight. Lag 2018, we were 47 and 115. I couldn't defend that. Now you now we did now. I had to look at the calendar. I had to compare it to other teams. Yeah, we have the fourth toughest schedule the rest of the season. Oh, and by the way. We have the worst run differential of a minus two twenty seven, and our overall team ERA is a five point eight five. So next year, we're most likely going to be the number even number one overall number one overall pick or second overall pick. Is either Baltimore or Arizona? Um, I, I I hate to say this, and and I might get some flak for but I I don't see Brandon Hyde coming back. I think they're going to move on from him. I I, I feel bad for him because the man's had nothing to work with. He's had nothing to work with. I mean, to get swept like that again, and then I I already know we're gonna lose to Chicago. They're next. No, sorry, not Chicago, Uh, uh, Atlanta. We know those are gonna be losses. Then we got to play at Anaheim, Tampa again, Toronto, New York, Kansas City, Toronto, New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Texas. That might be. uh, I'm hoping, I'm praying we win some. We probably get that. Um, Yeah, that's the rest of the schedule. We stink. I I don't really know what else I can say. I, I really don't. I mean, we I, this, we can't, this team can't catch a break. The only thing I can pray for is Adley Rutchinson. Actually, and, 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 and I, I, I just pray for better days for the Orioles. I, I really do. Because it's hard, it's really hard to stomach some of these games. Because they, because they, they stink. Other than John Means, Matt Harvey's kind of—I don't want to say it's a comeback here, but he's having an, an average, okay season. I mean, we're throwing young guys under the bus: Keegan, Keegan Aiken, Tyler Wells. The list goes on and on. The bats can't stay consistent. Other than Cedric Mullins, Mountcastle, Mancini, Anthony Santander, I don't know where he—I well, don't know where he's at. Ever since that injury, not really been the same player. Austin Hayes is, is a platoon, is a platoon player. They just cut some. They cut what was it Luba? I think that's his name. They just cut him today. We have former prospect Jorge, uh, I, and I, I think he's good. Matow, uh, Mato, from the Padres. But the Orioles need more. <laughs> They need help. Like I just don't know what it's going to take. And unfortunately, and this is and this is the and this unfortunately this is the blessing in disguise when you're building for the future when, for a team. Because unfortunately, when you had Dan Duquette and Brady Anderson, completely just destroyed the franchise. In my personal opinion, they didn't make it better. And then on top of that, some of these prospects they would have nothing to show for. We have a horrible contract with Chris Davis. We still got to pay for that even though he's retired. I give the Orioles about two two more years easily before they're ready to compete. But I think a lot of it starts at the top. That's ownership because Peter Angelos is not. Do- I know he's not doing well with health. I think now, I think now his son's pretty much run the day to day operations. There was even rumblings about the team leaving Baltimore, which I don't see that happening. Pray to God it doesn't. This is the whole point of of a rebuild. Yes, there's going to be struggles. Yes, we're going to get frustrated. But 0-15? 15 straight losses? You're talking about the Nationals, man. The Nationals actually made me feel a little better, even though Josiah Gray gave up two home runs in six innings. Did actually pretty well against the Blue Jays. Fact. Ever since they acquired, you know, well, David Martinez has, li- has kind of has limited him to I think against Atlanta. It was starting in Atlanta. It was five innings and eighty-two pitches. If I remember that correctly, and. He actually didn't do that bad. Now, it was <laughs> well, 3 was a, It was a 3-0 lead. And then he gave up a leadoff home runner, Tescar Hernandez. And then Marcus Simeon. And then it was 3-2. But honestly and truthfully, six innings, five hits, two earned runs, a walk, four Ks—not bad. It's not bad at all. Juan Soto, well, well, that was the three, the three, that was the three with the three nothing lead. But actually, I I just I, let me watch the Nationals, and they make me feel better because sometimes I I turn I turn the National games. For me to not watch this trash in Baltimore, because some of the because some of these games, y'all, it, it's it's hard to stomach. It truly is. It really is. <sighs> Let me see the. I, I, I had the national schedule. Let me see who they play next. We play the Milwaukee Brewers. That actually should be a good series. That actually should be a good series, and then we play the Atlanta Braves. Barn Orioles and the Braves have been on a tear. Austin Riley is a potential NL MVP candidate. You know, even with Ronald Konya Junior not there, guys are stepping up. Let me transition away from 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 the from baseball. We're going to talk some football. So, the Washington football team has narrowed it down to three names. They're not going to say who it is. But according to Front office Sports, I was on Twitter and I'll share my screen so you can see it. These are the teams, this is the name, the list of names, excuse me, that are left. So we have, these are the finalists come from these eight. The Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Red Hogs, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders, Washington Football Team. Um, I think the Washington. I think the Washington. I don't. I don't know. I, the Defenders ain't gonna work. I don't like that. No. Um, Red Wolves is not bad. Like you know the Wolf Pack and you know, NWO Wolf Pack. Um. I was like, "What about the What about the Washington Red Tails? You know, kind of like you know paying homage to, the, to paying homage to, to the Tuskegee Airmen. You know, um, I'm surprised mine was on this list, but I, I guarantee you, it's going to come down to defenders, Red Wolves, presidents." I actually ain't mad at any of these eight. The only thing is that I don't like the defenders. That's why I don't like. I don't. I just. I don't like the. I don't like the defenders' name. So those are the three names. I think that I think it'll work out. Um, in my personal opinion, y'all let me know what y'all think. I think they should consider putting it there, but the the next the new name won't come until twenty twenty two. So, again, this is. Daniel Snyder, you know, just trying to <laughs> make a, trying to turn rights into wrongs. So while I'm talking about the Washington football team, they're going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. So I will cover them that game. I'll break down that game Saturday. So y'all let me know who y'all think is going to win that. This is week, we're going into we have week two. Uh, I can't wait to see that. Um now they did make some they did make some cuts. They cut, hold on, let me find let me find the list. Oops, okay. Wait a minute. I know it was five. And four out of the five did not surprise me. Here it is. Okay, so Kevin Harmon was cut, Lamar Miller was cut, Chris Miller was cut. Um, honestly, like I said, Harmon wasn't a surprise. I figured that was going to happen. Um, he just couldn't with the injury. It just it just wasn't going to happen. Um, great little wide receiver, but it, it just it just wasn't going to work. So I mean, and then. Lamar Miller is on the wrong side of 30. So those are that that those are the kind, those are the cuts that stood on my mind. So like I said this Sunday, I mean this Saturday, this Friday they put Cincinnati Bengals, so be tuned in for that. And then when I cut on the breakdown the coverage Saturday. I'm going to transition to the Baltimore Ravens. Um we made some moves. So the Ravens cut Devontae Harris, cornerback. Um we cut outside linebacker Aaron uh, Dory Guy, Eli Wolf, and then Ammar Marshall, and Khalil Dorsey were put on in the injury reserve. I, I feel like at this point, Ammar Marshall, I, I kind of see them cutting him because he just can't stay on the field, and, and I I don't, I don't I don't know, I really don't. And you know, regardless of them not them, them both of them not there. We find ways that we we still find ways that we don't need them. The guys have the guys step it up. Um, Tabor Young is back, and I feel like they can still find something a little young find it, uh to get away on that contract because the contract and and, and with him twenty five million for three years and he's missed two seasons. I just I'm not. I I got to see what he's gonna look like this year. Now I will say this: Anthony Everett has stepped up. I think he's going to be a big a big piece in that in that cog machine and in def- Martin Dale's defense. Um, Brandon Stevens at an SMU and Sean Wade do not sleep on them. Um, they, that, that's going to, they're, they're going to be they're going to play they're going to really play a big role. Now there are some other guys I do see cut. I do see Arturo Alaka. He's a linebacker. I don't see him staying on the team. Uh, I think he's great, but again, injuries—he's another one. Um, Eli Wolf was not a surprise, but I mean, they got plenty—they got plenty of guys behind Mark Andrews until Nick Boyle comes back. Eric Tomlinson, you know, is a blocker—you know—who I think did really well on the pass or, on running blocking. To me, uh, Josh Oliver—they liked him. They really—they really talked about him getting coming, getting him from Jacksonville. Um he did really well. He had caught four he had four catches for 22 yards and I think also too, you know he could he he there's a couple possessions where he was he could he blocked well enough on the run. And then Ben Mason, you know he's a fullback tight end. I don't know what that means about Patrick Wirquiller. Probably they'll probably work something out. Um but he has a good verse but he's versatile in the block again like I said can play tight end, catch passes out the backfield, they catch a couple against the Saints and the other guy that we have is tony pelage i mean still working out the kinks with him but other than that that's really what's going on in baltimore um we're actually in spartansburg south carolina doing a joint practice i'm not really i, I like the joint practices um the only thing is you know they can get a little physical you can get a little physical um I was oh, I was trying to f- listen to the press conferences, interviews, and different things like that. Uh everyone's been saying James Pochet and Devin DuVernay. I'm telling you, you need we got to give those boys an opportunity and they will eat. I think that they, you know, they they've been working, they've been working their ass off for sure. Um Marlon Humphrey didn't practice today. Uh from what I'm understanding, they made it difficult for Sam Darn to find wide receivers, particularly in the red zone. Um they said he they didn't throw it Marcus Peters direction, which was actually interesting. So it was he my notes here he had nine 1936 in team 707, several drops passed, but also some misfires. Yes, and there was a fight, but you know, unfortunately that 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 that's gonna happen. Um they said Derek Wolf got hurt. Uh well he got to get hurt, but he took him away to go up on his feet. Mark Andrews also too. They said there was an ambulance because he's a type two type one diabetic, so I'm pretty sure you know got to keep his um, like his fluids and all that up. So I hope he's doing all right. He said he had like serious cramps. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, did then uh, Ben Ben Cleveland also was in, had a concussion. Didn't play. Um, but well, those are the kind of kind of things that everyone uh, was taking. I took from the interviews and uh, just you know the videos I've seen on Twitter. of The Ravens, uh, they said Sammy Watkins was back in back in um, practice. They said it was limited. Uh, I still think with Hollywood Brown Bateman. Boykins is out and Dion Kane's out. I think the work. I think our receiving core is going to look good. Um, a, a buddy of mine's been really telling me to, pay, to look at this Tyshawn Williams, and I saw a couple of videos. He is very physical. Uh, very a very physical running back. Uh, I just we need that, and I think that third running that third running back, that third running back spot. That's definitely up for grabs. I think that's kind of kind of saying Justice Hill's out as on his way out the door. Um, but that's what I took from it. We also wave Johnny Townsie. Did Johnny, didn't he play for the Chiefs? Hold on, let me, do, let me do my googles. I think he did play for the Chiefs. Oh no, no, no he has a brother, the Tommy. Okay, and no, no, he does have a younger brother. Some practice squad. Huh, okay. We had I know we had him last we had him last year because Sam um, Sam Cook went down with COVID, unfortunately. Um now the biggest thing I'm gonna watch against the Panthers. I'm gonna look to see where how DuVernay and Pochet are gonna look look in that game because they did really well uh against you know, with, again, with, well, with Bateman out until September, Hollywood Brown is not, hasn't been practicing. Hollywood Brown hasn't practiced. And then Sammy Watkins is kind of coming back. But he said hey, he looked good. Um, this is a, another this is a great opportunity to really see uh, what Dubin and Pochet could do. You know, this is an opportunity for them to step their games up. Um, now, the left guard spot. Is up for grabs uh between I think it's between at this point, Ben Powers and Ben Cleveland. Uh Cleveland's out with a concussion. Now, I still think I think I can even see Ben guards, go well, that's Ty, actually Tyree Phillips' job. But I I think that that Ben Powers would get the starting job. But I'm 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 I, I feel like Ben Cleveland. I feel like Ben Cleveland. Um, Lamar Jackson, he didn't play in the, he didn't play against the Saints. So I'm kind of going to curious to see how he's going to look against that Panther defense. Um, they said in practice today, he looked really good. Looked really sharp with, um, especially with Mark Andrews. I know that's just like his, like his go-to guy. So I'm going to look for that Saturday. The defense, our defense is a Sam Darnold. You know, they got, like I said, 19 of 36 and 707. Uh again, like Dalen Hayes, Adafia Anwa Jalen Ferguson, Patrick Queen. I'm really curious to see how they're gonna put the pressure on Sam Darnold. And then I feel like, you know, there's still some guys that maybe can still look at and say, well, who's gonna be gone and who's gonna stay. Like I said, that number three tight end spots up for grabs. I'm convinced I think it's gonna be Josh Oliver. I think Geno Stone's okay for now. Um, the only thing is, and I'll talk about this in a minute, this, we had a taunting penalty. Uh, we had Chris Chris West Westry and a Darius Washington. Um, those two are kind of interesting. I like Odarius Darius Washington. He, I like him. He does. He really. He finds the ball. He's really good with his instincts. He really goes for the ball. I like him. Um, my only thing with the NFL, um, I'm I'm not liking this new rule about the taunting. You know, for a question, for you know, my question is, what is considered taunting when? Tyreek Hill does a backflip into the end zone, or where he throws a peace sign at Antoine Warfield Jr. Um, when I want to say it was Doug Baldwin in Seattle, where he waved at his at the corner. That's taunting. Because I think we're kinda see the NFL once again, just like Mason's Baseball can't make up his mind. Now I'm not for you showing me up as an opponent. But you know, if you're gonna trash talk of different things like that, I'm cool with that. As long as you back it up. Because I, I just think that we it's just uh, the, the NFL is just weird to me. The NFL is just really weird. It truly is. Uh, I wanted to talk about Cam Newton and Mac Jones real quick. Um, I, I I was a little bothered when they played the 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 Eagles, no, the Washington Football Team, excuse me. And when Mac Jones kind of came out there, you know, they, they the fans kind of gave like like him like a standing ovation almost. It was kind of like the second coming of Tom Brady. Uh, like I, I get it, you, you know. I New England, the New England Patriots. They've been they were spoiled with Tom Brady, you know. Even though you know, in my personal opinion, um, if Drew Brees doesn't go down with not Drew, Drew Bledsoe, excuse me, doesn't go down with that injury, um, you would not have heard of Tom Tom Brady. That's just my opinion. I'm just kidding. Um, listen, you know, it, Tom Brady was a great quarterback in New England. New, New England fans that were spoiled, you know, with him. And I think last year was like it was just the reality. Oh wow, Tom's not here. And I think Cam Newton's going to be a starting quarterback for the Patriots. But, you know, we all know Matt Jones is going to be the starter eventually. You know, it'll, it'll be his team. Um, so now, you know, unfortunately, again, Boston, they put that, that, that expectation on you. Like, if you don't perform well, they will let you know. Um, but I just thought it was just kind of weird, you know, to me, like, well, wait a minute. Here's a guy, Cam Newton, you know, we know he's not the same Cam Newton but he still can show he's effective. And I just felt like the way how they how they did that, I, I didn't like that. Surprise. I'm going to talk about Madden 22. Uh, the ratings have been released for each team. Uh, fun fact, the last time we saw a cover with two guys, Patrick Mahomes, the time reader on the cover of Madden 22, was Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Polamalu. That was Madden 10? that in two thousand ten. Make sure my cover's right. I want to say it was two thousand ten. Yes, because what else in that cover? No, no. Just that's. So I had it right. Two thousand ten. Um, actually, I'm not mad at 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 the where the the rankings. Um. Obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. And then behind him is Tom Brady, no court of no brainer. Um, there's Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Lamar went down this year. Uh, he was a 94 last year. And then it's Deshaun Watson, uh, Josh Allen, Dak, and then Ryan Tannehill, and then Matt Ryan. I would have liked to know just out of curiosity where Drew Brees would have been. He'd probably been in the 90s uh, for sure. And oh, by the way, congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and his uh, new and his new family. Uh, I know he just gave birth. I know his wife just gave birth to uh, their daughter. So congratulations on that. Um, so this is his third time, Patrick Mahomes joining the ninety-nine club. Uh, I also wanted to see who the best corner was in the game. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was the best corner. Then behind him, Stephon Gilmore. Jerry Alexander for the Green Bay Packers. Tredavious White. Marlon Humphrey. I feel like he could make a case that he could have been like a higher 90, but that's okay. Xavier um, Howard. James Bradbury, the fourth. Denzel Ward. Kendall Fuller. Darius Slade Jr. Now, top safety in the game is no, I, I have no, no issue with it. Is the Honey Badger, 95. Now, Eddie Jackson should have been a 90, but I kind of want to know, like, where are they basing it off? Are they basing it off by team success or they're basing it off team um, individual? Excuse me. Are they basing it off individual stats? Because I feel like some of these some of these guys could be better. Like Mika Fitzpatrick is an 89. I could agree with that. Adrian Amos is an 89. I could agree with that. But Eddie Jackson should be like a 90. That's just my opinion. Um, Mark Andrews was fourth, the fourth best tight end in Madden. And obviously, Travis Kelsey joined the 99 club as well. Um, We had no 99 running back. Christian McCaffrey was the best running back in the game. I agree with that. Um, Miles Garrett, the best edge rusher, defensive lineman in the game. Then, obviously, Aaron Donald, I think who I think is the best player in Madden, in my, in my opinion, on the game so far. 99 overall. Clarence Campbell was not on this list. That was kind of interesting. Um, the Bosa brothers are in the high 90s. Vaughn Miller is still 93, respectively. J.J. Watt is in 94. I respect that. Um, what else? I'm sorry. Yeah, they had Clarence Campbell. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm like the Green Bay Packers. No, yeah, 90, 90 overall. I respect that. Wow, Michael Pierce is better than Clarence Campbell in this game. Wow, okay. stuff. tough. Uh, highest speed rating is – Well, it's a tie between Harry Ruggs Third and Tyreek Hill. And behind him is a four-way tie between Hollywood Brown, Nico Hardman, Jalen Waddell, Anthony Schwartz, 97. They don't think DK's – they don't think they, DK's like a 98 – Because y'all remember that game against the Cardinals, how he chased down Buda Baker like that? That, oh, my gosh, that game was still crazy. Uh, Top 10 wide receivers, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hawkins, Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. I agree with that. No wrong with that. Um, They're saying Kyle Pitts is the best rookie in the game. And then second, and then it's Jalen and then it's Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Waddle, Pedro Sertan. Wow, interesting. And then honorable men or wow, for shard sure, Bateman is the hmm, interesting. And obviously, you know, we go, you know, new, new, new people going to different teams. Matthew Stafford's going to the Rams. Jared Goff is in Detroit. A 77 overall. Wow. Carlson Wins is a 72 overall. Wow. Jalen Hurts is a 71, I think that's, uh, okay. Sam Darnold is a 71 overall. (laughs) John New Smith is 81 overall, that's not bad. And the lowest, well they're all long snappers. Okay, 25 overall. Zach Traynor for the deck for the Buccaneers. Matthew Orzoric, Joe Cardona, wow. (laughs) Interesting. So, you let me know who you what team you use on Madden. What do you think who do you think stood out to you as the best player? Who should have been uh who should have got more consideration? Uh, because they said the best team offense to use in Madden is the Chiefs, Bucks, and the Packers. They're all in the high 90s. Everyone else is kind of. I think the Browns are like the fourth with 89, which I think is a little, a little like 89, and where Baltimore's 84, but that's in here nor there. Um. So some, I just want to just really kind of wrap the NFL up with some other things, some other news I found. Um, so injuries: Tevin Jenkins, uh, who I think Baltimore should have drafted, is going to go under is going to go undergo back surgery. Justin Fields has a groin issue. Klayz uh, Campbell for the Steelers isn't practicing. He had a minor ankle sprain. Tyree Jackson had a small fracture in his back. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. Deck Prescott, you know, I'm not panicking on that. It's a strange shoulder. You know, he'll be back on the court. He'll be back on the field, excuse me. Um, Elijah Moore's out with a quad injury, and Elijah barrett Tucker also didn't practice. Robbie Anderson for the Panthers is dealing with a hamstring injury. I saw, I was looking at the interview on that on YouTube. Um, Patrick Sertan didn't practice a lot of in a, a lot of small injuries already, ladies and gentlemen. This is just many, one of many. Um That's kind of concerning. We kind of need to kind of watch that. Alex Lewis uh, is retiring, former Raven for the Jets. Uh, Let me know what's going on with that. Uh, The other thing that stood out was Tim Tebow being released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me say this. Um, It was an experiment that failed. Uh, Tim Tebow hasn't been in the league since 2012, 2013. Tim Tebow is a great person. I respect his faith as a Christian man. I think that's important, um, but let's call it spade to spade. He was never, he, he's not a tight end, ladies and gentlemen. That is like a football player, a, defense, a, a defensive end or offensive lineman trying to try out for a basketball team to be a point guard. That's, it just, that's not gonna work. Uh, and, and it clearly showed in, in the preseason game where he couldn't even, there are two possessions where he didn't even it really, honestly, he didn't really even commit to block. They even had a possession, offensive possession, where he and Table and Austin were in the same area. And for some odd reason, I don't know if it was a miscommunication, misdirection. Tim Tebow just stood there looking like, oh, the ball was for him. Tim Tebow is a great person, but the biggest thing is, you know, listen, I mean, we can all spell out what happened when he was in Denver, you know. But they went; they were eight and eight, mediocre. Okay, they played against a Pittsburgh team. Ike Taylor didn't show up that day, and Pittsburgh stacked the line. And unfortunately, and, and it showed against when he lost to New. They showed when he lost to New England that year. Like I don't have anything against Tim Tebow, but the biggest thing that Tim Tebow could have worked on was in the office. How can I be a better passer? And don't tell me. Well, he showed you that year. They lost eight games. Just like when they talk about Lamar Jackson, how he needs to improve, how he needs to improve of being a better passer. That's what Tim Tebow could have done. Tim Tebow was a great college quarterback. Tim Tebow could actually be a great coach. Could be a good coach for you know an assistant, but he was never going to be a tight end. Let's just call it what it is. So we're going to transition into the basketball. The NBA released the Christmas Day schedule. So that means I can't wait to watch inside the NBA where Ernie, Chuck, Shacken, and Kenny, they get to exchange their Christmas gifts. I can't wait to see what it's going to be this year. Um did they do it last year? I don't even think they did it last year. But it'll be, I'm going to share my screen so y'all can see the games. We got, this is the tip-off. So the first game, we got the Nets versus the Bucks. That's going to be a good game. I can't wait to see that. Then it's going to be the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers. I can't wait for that. Then we got the Celtics, Knicks, Nuggets, Suns, Mavericks, Hawks, Clippers, Warriors, Nets, Sixers, Suns, Lakers. Woo! That's some fire. Definitely got some fire. I can't wait. I cannot wait, ladies and gentlemen. Um here's the Christmas Day schedule. Here's, here's the Christmas Day schedule. So the first game is going to be the Hawks versus the Knicks, the Celtics versus the Bucks, Warriors versus the Suns, Nets versus the Lakers. And Maz versus the Jazz. I cannot wait. I can't wait. I think the biggest one for the opening tip-off for me is I want to see the Nets versus the Bucks because you know the Bucks beat the Hawks, the Nets in seven. Um, so I want to kind of see there's gonna be some revenge there for the, you know, for the for the Nets. Um, obviously, the Lakers beat Steph Curry and the Warriors and that, ga- that playoff game, and that playoff game playing game, excuse me. Um, the, the Nuggets got swept by the Suns. So, and but Jamal Murray's coming back. I'm kind of curious to see how that's gonna look. Um, this was a matchup I really wanted to see, uh, but it didn't happen because you know the Sixers, you know, choked the, you know, they lost three home games, and you know, now they're dealing with a, you know, they have this kind of dysfunctional because they don't know what to do with Ben Simmons, but that's either here nor there the Chris Paul versus LeBron James. I kind of want to see that. Um which kind of tra- kind of makes me transition into the next topic where LeBron was kind of like uh you know, I didn't know no one voted for me as the best player. You know, I like He's going to be 37 this year. LeBron James is arguably... is Arguably the best player of this generation. I'm not greatest of all time. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. That 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 kind of talk. He's the best of this of this generation. So, let me actually pull the link up. So this is the. So this is a survey according to ESPN.com, and. Survey. Where is it? Okay, but pretty much to summarize it, there was a top. There was a a ten. There was ten anonymous executives, and then scouts. Right, and see who the best player was. And LeBron James didn't get a vote. And pretty much, you know, he. I don't want to say he's in his feelings. I guess he's being sarcastic towards it. But he pretty much was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm 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 washed up. Who said that? No, no one said you're washed up. Like, if people react, if people were watching the games, they would understand that he's not the best player in the league. It's really, and my, he's not even top three really not even top five. I think in my personal opinion, I think it's Giannis and Ke- it's Giannis and Kevin around the top two players in the league. Then Steph Curry. Trey Young should get some, can get some, should get some consideration. But I mean, again, I understand with injuries, he did average twenty five seven and seven. LeBron second on NBA, but he's not washed. Like like like, you got he's got to stop with this. You know the, the, you know the, the, they don't show me any love mentality. You are guy. You're, you're you're one of the best in the game. What more do you want? There might, the Michael I, Michael Jordan wasn't like that. I guarantee he wasn't like that. Kobe Bryant wasn't like that. Shaq, besides the, you know, in his feelings about Steve Nash winning two MVPs over him. But LeBron, I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I think LeBron is, he's not showing that he's washed up. He's just not the best player in the NBA. Like, you know, unfortunately, we've been spoiled with LeBron. And you know we got. He's going to understand. It's the dawning of a new era in the NBA. The the page is turning. At some point, you're going to have to hand those keys off to somebody else. Kevin Durant, Giannis, Trey Young, Jason Tatum. You're going to have to pass pass the torch at some point. Let your pride go. Um. Now. Well, already talked about that, <laughs> but that was, but yeah, he's not washed up. I think he's just being LeBron James. So, the, the NBA Two K twenty two, they released their ratings. I'm gonna share my screen so y'all can see that. Um, I would like to know who the ninety nine is going to be. Um, yeah, so far, I feel like Kevin Durant should not should be like a ninety eight. 97. It never showed really Kevin Durant 11 2K. I don't know where that is. I don't know where that comes from. But yeah, LeBron, Katie, Steph, Giannis, all night uh, so far high 96. And B Kawhi the Joker 95. Luca, Jane, Harden, Dame time 94. The only one I'm surprised that kind of. Swept me off my feet was uh Kyrie Irving was not even on not even here. Lamelo ball reads out as it's um, 84. Now the Chris Middleton, hmm? 88? That's that's interesting. Um now the the we will have a for this year, the WNBA says it's their 25th year. Candace Parker is the first woman to grace the cover of it. Um, which is well deserved. Ken Spark is one of the best players in the WNBA. And again, you know, from Tennessee to, to the Sparks and going back on to play for Chicago. I hope she's doing well. No, uh, she messed her ankle up again. Um, I hope she's all right though. She topped off as the fourth best player. Top best player was Breonna Stewart. So far, these are the five that they released. Asia Wilson was 94. John Quell Jones is 94. I'd like to see where, like, Skylar Diggins is on that list. Tina Charles. I'm sure I think one of the names I top my head real quick. Wow, wait, Tina Charles and Skylar Diggins were not on that, mm, interesting, okay. And I'm not sure where Brianna Stewart, I don't know, like again, I don't know if they're basing this off of individual or team success. So y'all let me know how y'all feel about the ratings. Last topic, second to last time of the NBA gonna stick with basketball. We'll talk about the Kevin Durant and Draymond Green interview. Uh, that finally, um, I was actually I was on bleach support. I was kind of surprised about it. And and um, I'm glad, first of all. Let me, let me just, I'm going to share my screen. And before I get into it, there's a few things on the slide. Let me, me progress my, my comments before we play the video. I'm all about guys hammering it out and squashing their beef. Um, the biggest thing that I take away from it is admitting you're wrong and as black men coming together and squashing beef. Um, I, their beef was already squashed. I mean, it lets me know that, you know, I, you know, they appreciate each other and their friendship, and I respect it about Draymond and KD. Um, Draymond Green plays a pivotal role and has played a pivotal role in the success of the Golden State Warriors besides Steph Curry. Uh, Kevin Durant was just, missing, was just a missing piece to the puzzle. Um, well, not missing piece, but he was just somebody that that kicked it up a notch even more. And I felt like when they when he left, you know, I, he had one for he, I, he he to me. I feel like he was going to leave after the the second championship because he already had one foot out the door. Um, I think the way they handled it that 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 argument when they played the Clippers, um, I just didn't like it. But we're going to play the clip.
2: And every night. So I just try to focus in and stay in the moment more than anything. And for my for
3: my own personal um sanity, because I've been getting my ass kicked ever since you left. So just for my own personal sanity, how much did our argument against the Clippers drive you to ultimately lead the
2: warriors? It wasn't the argument, it was the f- the way that everybody, Steve Kerr, act like it didn't happen, Bob Myers, and tried to just discipline you and think that that would put the mask over everything. I really felt like that was such a big situation for us as a group. The first time we went through something like that, we had to get that shit all out. I remember watching the last dance, and when Scotty didn't go into the game, the whole team in the locker room said, Scotty, that was fucked up that you did that. We needed that. We just needed to throw all of that shit out on the table and say, yo, Dre, okay, like that was fucked up that we even had to go through that. Let's just wipe our hands with that and go f- go finish the task. I don't think we did that and we tried to dance around it. I just didn't like how all of that, just the vibe between all of that, it just made shit weird to me. And I'd rather us be who we say we are. Family first, communication is key. Like, I, we didn't show that. And I, that's what rubbed me the wrong way more than anything. When we landed back from LA,
3: I sat in the, Hazel was sitting in the car for an hour and 45 minutes. They pulled me in that room at Signature for an hour and 45 minutes and they tried to tell me, you need to apologize. And I told them, I'll talk to Kay, but y'all aren't going to tell me what I need to say. Mm -hmm. And you know, they went on for an hour and 45 minutes talking, saying a bunch of bullshit. And ultimately they realized, all right, we're not getting through to him. We're gonna try again in the morning. And so we met the next morning and they said, all right, you slept on it. You ready to apologize. And I told them right then and there, I said, y'all about to fuck this up. I said, the only person that can make this right is me and Kay. And there's nothing that y'all can do. And y'all are going to fuck this up. And in my opinion, they fucked it up. I think so too. and. They told me right then and there, like, we're going to suspend you for this game. I laughed in their literally laughed in their face. And Bob said to me, he said, uh, wow, that was not the reaction I was looking for or expecting. And I said, well, either I'm going to laugh in your face or I'm going to cuss you the fuck out. So you pick. I'm going to choose laugh. So I, I think what you're doing is funny. And so I'm going to laugh. And so it's interesting to hear you say, essentially the same thing that i told them that day but uh you know and and moving past that um kind of along those same lines you've now played with russ who i think has an incredible chip on his shoulder that sometimes goes too far uh myself who has a chip on my shoulder that sometimes go too far uh kyrie who has a chip on his shoulder that sometimes goes too far and james who Mm -hmm. has a chip on his shoulder that probably sometimes goes too far and playing with all the guys that you play with that you can say ah he probably go way too far
1: okay well i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna stop it right there but there was something also too that i'm gonna play in this clip as well but the one thing i i think that one i i took from that part in the interview was i think draymond was was kind of bought, was kind of upset that that Kevin that Kevin left. I think I think he really wanted Kevin to stay, but I think it also too, in my opinion, I think it shows how tight they are as a friendship. Uh, and I applaud the fact that they they hammered it out. Um, now my only issue with the whole thing, and I think this needs to be the more, because I was watching first take. I want you to listen to this clip from Stephen A., and there was something he said that triggered me to go, let me go like our hall back in the day.
4: Hmm. So let's listen to the clip, y'all. how when the stuff he was watching the last dance and when Scottie Pippen refused to enter the game, you have players getting on him. With all due respect, where the hell was Steph Curry? The babyface assassin, the greatest shooter on, that God has ever created, the clear, absolute superstar player for this team, the face of the franchise. Where was he at in all of this? I found it very, very conspicuous that Kevin Durant and Draymond Green never mentioned his name, not one time. Because a lot of times we see things and we have seen things that have transpired with the Golden State Warriors and other stars for other franchises would have been called upon to handle something. We've never done that with Steph Curry. No one ever says, what about Steph Curry? You know what? Maybe it's because he's 33 and he looks 16. That's how young he looks okay and and obviously he's got that kind of wonderful affable you know personality it's impossible to dislike him and all of that stuff he's loved universally and whatever but i can also tell you tell you that anybody that comes to the golden state warriors knows that he's the golden child
1: okay now i i think that the the, the better appropriate question was Why wasn't he mentioned in this? I don't, I think it's unfair to blame Steph. I do because now I had, I had to do my research. I had to do my research. So there was a Mark Medina of the Mercury news reported quote back in March. Curry went to Green's house to meet with him privately. And also, too, he met with Durant privately. Two days after the revocation, was on the 15th, he sat between Durant and Green, and often shared laughs. Green told Medina that Curry played an important role in, selling, in settling down the situation. He was tapped into the situation from the beginning. Clay Thompson was also Medina was also told by Clay Thompson that Clay is the Curry is the great. Is a great, is a great voice of reason during the time of turbulence. Now, keep in mind, Steph Curry has a personality where he's he's not really a vocal he's not he's not a vocal leader, but when he he speaks up, he speaks up. He's more he's very funny, light. You know, he keep, he keeps you keeps you loose. He keeps things loose. And I don't think and I don't know what you mean. Like Stephen A. had that backwards. The biggest thing was they knew. They knew, they knew he stepped in and a part in it. My issue, this is my issue with it. Because if I was on the Warriors and, and, and that game against the Clippers, you've got, hold on, let's do this. Because I, cause, because because I, I I I want I want to I want to get to a point where you guys are understanding where I'm coming from. I want you to listen to this roster: Jordan Bell, Andrew Bogan, Quinn Cook, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Marcus Dickerson, and Damian Lee on two on two on a two way contract. Jacob Evans, Andre Guadala, Jonas Drebko, Damon Jones, Sean Livingston, Clay Thompson, Alfonso McKinney, Kavon Looney. You mean to tell me none of, those, none of those guys after the game said, yo, that's fucked, excuse my language, but that's fucked up how you handle that situation. We have a task to do, and that's to win a championship. Now, granted kevin durant's foot he had one foot out the door he didn't want to be in golden state i think a lot of it had to do with steve kerr and bob Myers. but i think to sorely throw them under the bus and not call out well what about iggy what about demarcus cousins what about kavon looney sean Livingston? they're all to me in my point they play a part me personally if i was in that locker room i'd have some choice words for kevin durant and draymond i know this respect personally but I would have said the same thing like they did with Scotty. Yo, yo man. What's that about? We got a task to do. The way you handle y'all handle it out there, that's fucked up. That's what I would have done. Now I do I do think Steph Curry now, now Steve they should have had his facts checked for sure because there's something else I want to play in that because he also pinpointed on the on the episode today where he said somebody i guess that was close to the Golden State Warriors uh he didn't say who it was but he's saying well if there were somebody if, the exec- if there was a black executive or a black coach um they 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 would have had they would have had this they would have had this um squash and Kevin Durant would have stayed it, it, it it's it's not always about race it's not always about race. Let me ask you a question. Do you not think Aaron Rodgers, in his back of his mind, somewhere, someplace, is still considering leaving Green Bay? What about Tom Brady when he decided to leave New England? Robert Kraft could have done a better job of saying, hey, Tom, what is it? What do you want? Hey, Aaron Rodgers, what could we make you stay? It's not always about race, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. I I think for him to bring that up, I think that was that that I understand it, but I felt that wasn't the right that wasn't the right time to bring that up. You know, with with, with Terrell Owens and, and Donovan McNabb, great example where. Terrell Owens is on on his driveway doing sit-ups. You mean to tell me Andy Reid? Jeffrey Lurie, Other I, I can't think I can't think of some of the Beagles out my on top of my head. Brian Dawkins. You mean to tell me they couldn't sit those two down and work it out? So, I think for Stephen to use that, I think that was just wrong. To me, in my personal opinion, I thought I just didn't think that made that made sense. Um, I want to stick with Kevin Durant for a minute because I, listen, I love Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's one of my favorite ball players. I followed him since he, you know, since he was at Texas. I knew, you know, no, no, there's no beef with me and Katie. I love, I, I, I respect Kevin Durant. You know, sometimes I. I I I like I I I, I would love, I would love to do an interview with Kevin Durant one day. I would love to do that. But I want to play this one clip. We talked about his relationship with the media. Let me share. Let me share my uh, screen so you all can see that.
3: early on in your career, like you said, you was the happy one. You was the kid that carried the backpack. Nike started a backpack line because you <laughs> yeah. always, and you, to this day, you still, still carry a backpack yeah. all the time. Um, and so there's this common misconception that you're not the kid that carries the backpack anymore. I still think you're the kid that loves basketball <laughs> and carry a backpack. Yeah. But over the course of the years, your answers to the media, how you deal with the media has changed. Why is that? Is that just, who you grew into, is that because of the way
2: they act with certain shit, where did that? I felt like the media knew more than me. I almost had them on a pedestal of like, they got more history, knowledge of the game, they more experienced than me in this area of the NBA. So once I started to get more experience and realized like, oh no, nah, they, they, they can never be what I am mm-hmm. or know what I know or understand it the way I understand it. Some of the questions, you know, they didn't seem so intelligent to me anymore people wanted to praise me more than I liked or hate me more than I liked, make a big deal out of so much other shit. And I was just like, you know, this game is simple to me. So some of the stuff that y'all ask really doesn't move me the way it used to. I just, you know, start to see life different. I can see this game different. So, you know, of course, my answers and questions, you know, about what goes on is going to be different too. So I just chalk that up to just maturity and experience.
3: And speaking of media, uh, social media, obviously. No,
1: yeah, this, this is good to know. So I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, Kevin Durant does get criticized. I don't think he. I, I feel like he gets criticized a little bit more than LeBron James. I think him, you know, when they say he was like the second best, he'll always be the second best. I, I think that's just wrong. Um, you know, I, I think it's time. You know, we give Kevin Durant. Through, uh, I've I've been said it. Kevin Durant, regardless, is one of the best players in the game. Um, you know, if I was starting a franchise, I'd want Kevin Durant on my team, plain
3: and simple. Uh, we were teammates when you, when you got called with the Burner account. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I love uh, about the Burner account is everything that you said on the Burner account, you just started to say on Kevin Durant's account. Yeah. A lot of people don't like it, as, you know, mm-hmm. most people voice. Uh, they don't like how you respond to some fans or how you respond to this how you are always tweeting what do you make of people's reaction to you responding to fans and if you think something you send it
2: yeah i just think people are still upset that i went to the warriors and a lot of people who are calves let that go enjoy watching the Cavs beat y'all it's,
1: it's, it's time to let that go though it really is it, it, it's time let it go let it go it's a business you know i we didn't, we didn't like the way Kevin Durant got criticized and, and to say that, you know, when LeBron James left Cleveland to go to Miami, I, y'all were on Kevin Durant more than LeBron, but that's neither here nor there. Let it go.
2: Before, um, which is a lot of people, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I got <laughs> a lot of people enjoy seeing y'all lose in 2016. And a lot of those people were upset that we were so good, mm-hmm. and they're still upset. Because you do the same shit on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard does the same shit on mm-hmm. Twitter. CJ McCollum does the same shit on Twitter. We all do the same shit on Twitter. But Lexi for me, Brown is problem. Lexi I mean, Brown's the other one too. Me being so good at what Shock I do. Shout out to Lexi Brown and playing with a team that was so great and we fit so well. Nobody likes a great thing, mm-hmm. and I was—I guess I was the cause of that great thing because I came and joined. So it's way deeper than what I do on Twitter, and I understand that. And it's funny to me at this point because you can't race what we did you never gonna race it and you know you love watching us play you know what i'm saying so
3: i think it's the best era of basketball ever
2: in my opinion but that's really what it is so many people still upset with me that i chose to play basketball for the golden state warriors which is sad at this point because it's almost a a decade decade Mm -hmm. since i made that decision you know what i'm saying that's never going to stop me from engaging with fans because at the end of the day I'm only talking about basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm not diving into politics. I'm not telling you how you should live. I'm not flexing my money or my power or none of that shit on you. I'm just literally talking about the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I see. And I don't think it harms anyone. Preach. Preach. Um now
1: I, I I think looking at this interview, it was just two guys just Chilling, and you know, again, it gives us an opportunity to take a step back and look at these guys and understand they're human too. You know, these interviews, and I would like to see—I would love to really see an interview with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Um, I, I just feel I just feel for Kevin Rant because I think the media has played a role. And there's another subject we're going to get into after this. Of the spe- spewing hate towards Kevin, Durant In terms of basketball and to, to really sit there. I mean, a year later, a year, I mean, a decade, a decade later, we're still on him about going to Golden State. I mean like Kevin Durant was always it's always been down to earth. He's been the same since Texas. Nothing's changed. Great, it was a great interview. Um shout out to Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Um oh real quick, I gotta play, I gotta I gotta play that, that, clip, that clip that clip real quick. Let me find it. Give me one second, y'all. It was funny. I got to play it real quick. Where Where is it? 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 Here we go.
3: You talk a lot of shit. We a have, lot
2: of shit. They Act man. like you. We brought bri- 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 for this one. We moved up the stairs. There you go. Everybody who said we were gonna take the L, they had us, they had some power rankings out. Kend- Kendrick Perkins, you talk a lot of shit. A, like a lot man. of shit. They Act man. like you American. <laughs> they had some power rankings out there. They had us four behind that slow game like this, oh, not our oh, game man talking oh. about they catching up to us like are you serious <sighs> this skill is unmatched you dig shout out to everybody that won this gold everybody that chipped in and helped out we wanted to the press conference but I had to talk my shit real quick yo I I, I had to play that. that that
1: clip was just funny to me it's it's it, I I you know Kevin Durant, man, great Draymond Green. Shout out to y'all. One of my favorite, one of my favorite basketball players. Even though Draymond Green, you know, some of the, some of the decision making, decision making on the court, you know, he's I, you know, he's one of the best. I think he should be considered in the Hall of Fame. That's my opinion. But oh my gosh, <laughs> um, some NBA news real quick. Uh, Patrick Beverly was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, after being traded from the. To from the Los Angeles Clippers to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, that was kind of a surprising move. I'm not sure what that means for me. I think probably I, I'm, I'm looking at it like from the standpoint, I think Atlanta, I think not Atlanta, Memphis just wants to stay young. And I think you know it's all about cat space. Uh, Christy Tolliver was hired by the Dallas Mavericks as an assistant coach. Uh, Christy Tolliver as uh, a you know plays with Los Angeles Sparks. I think that's great. You know, she was actually with us for the Washington Wizards under Scott Brooks' coaching staff. So that's great. She was only here for two seasons, you know, former Mystic too. She also played a part, um, helping the Sparks win the title in 2016 and the Mystics 2019. So I think it was really, really great. I think it's really great. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, I think we need I like to see more of that diversity. I like to see though more that going into the front office more you know black gms black owners i like to see more of that um jason terry is now head is going to be head coach of the g, the g league's gatorade gold jason terry is probably one of the was probably one of the best three-point shooters um me watching growing up you know he played you know for mavericks bucks um Celtics, Nets, Rockets, Hawks. Uh, definitely. I think, you know, because he was with the. He was an assistant coach for the Arizona Wildcats last year. So that's kind of interesting to see how that'll look. Uh, Terry Rozier and the Charlotte Hornets. Got a four year extension. What's that? Ninety six million. Ninety seven million dollars. Rozier, you know, had a great year. 20 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 30% from threes. Um now fun fact. <laughs> Rozier, Chris Middleton and Jamal Murray are the only players to reach those statistical marks without being selected to an NBA All-Star team. That is interesting. Um now the Charlotte Hornets have made some moves. They signed Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh they got James uh Boku Knight and Kai Jones. They did really good at the Horn and the, and the summer league. Uh, Lamelo Ball's coming back. Um, that was something I wanted to talk about. I want to give a shout out to the uh, the DMV, the the, 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 the the Legends group chat. Cam, Marcus, Elliot. They, they they know who they are. Um, pretty much, Lamelo Ball made it, uh, was talking about. Uh, in a, in a GQ interview about school um, and let, let me let me just say this I wish I could find that clip I can find it the education system's not perfect we know it can be we, we know it can be fixed uh, but I think I, we really got I think there's something about having a plan A and a plan B, you know, especially as an athlete, um, even really if you're not an athlete, um, because I, I think this notion that particularly basketball, it, it kind of bothers me that these, some of these guys, I, I think don't think they, they, some of them don't. They don't take it for granted. They, 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 they should take it for granted. You know, I look at Zion. Right, Zion is probably one of the best. One of the best I've seen come out of Duke. You know, his, his, his he has a high fly dunker. But the question I I always ask: If Lamelo Ball or Zion Williamson went down tomorrow, what is your plan B? Now. He this was this was what he said. Quote. You want to go into the league so school is not your priority. He thinks the NCAA has to change, has to change and there should be more options for kids to make money before they get to the NBA. The Supreme Court opened the pathway towards that in a landmark ruling shortly after our interview. We're not tripping off school. We're not dumb. We know we need to learn. We don't need school. And school don't even teach you shit. Like what the fuck is school? Um, Then he went to then he went to Instagram, and basically he was saying that school isn't for everybody. He's fully invested in his plan A, which is the NBA, which is great. Um, My only thing is he is involved with some thirty-six-year-old Instagram model, um, and he's twenty-one. Uh, please do not make the same mistake that PJ Washington made. I, I just think that's just, something's wrong with that picture, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that, you know, a 36-year-old woman is going after a 21-year-old. Uh, I, I, I don't, that that just makes me uncomfortable. But if, if roles were reversed, I'm all hell's breaking loose. That's just my opinion. Um, school, you know what? I, I respect it. School isn't for everybody, but you need to have a plan. You need to have, you need to do something. I, I mean, you know, the education system can be can be better, yes. But you know what's what's really said is a lot of these guys, like Lamelo, Zion, and others, they have exposed the one and done rule. Uh, I think, in my, persp- my personal opinion, I don't like it one bit because I think. Some of these guys come in the NBA, particularly, and they lack certain. They lack a. Lot, they have a lot of lack in certain skills. How to switch on defense? How to post up? Everybody wants to shoot threes. Everyone wants to be the next high flight dunker. That's not everybody. And a lot of these guys think, well, because I had a great a great year at the at my college, for example, South Carolina, I'm automatically number one overall, a, a first round pick. No. I think it should be a max two years. I'm not taking anything away from these guys. I'm not. I think every, all these guys can play, but the biggest issue that I have is is that the guy has to take a step back. If you, if Lamelo Ball went down tomorrow, thirty million dollars isn't going to last him the rest of his life unless he's smart with it. Because uh, let's call it what it is. A lot of these guys that have made an exorbitant amount of money over the years have blown it. Why? Because people have taken from them or they're mis- misusing their money. They're not investing in it properly. A great example, Jamal Lewis, bought from a Baltimore Raven, running back, had to file for bankruptcy businesses, businesses fail, bad investments. And if you look, and you ain't got to you got to take my word for it. Go on YouTube and search NFL players how they spent their first million dollars. You ain't got to take my word for it. I get what he's saying, but educate. See, education is going to get you further in life. Dribbling a basketball because overseas ain't for everybody. You know, look at look look at look at his look at his um his middle middle brother, Leangelo Ball. Leangelo Ball, in my personal opinion, could have been a a first round pick, but because of his poor choice, his poor decision making, where it got him arrested and kicked out of UCLA. Now, I mean, he's, he can make an NBA roster. He's been, playing his, he's been playing his tail off in the in the summer league. But I just feel like you need it. You, you, your plan A is great. But what's your plan B? What's your plan C? What's your fallback plan? It can't always be sports. And, again, and everybody's not an athlete. These guys have it easy. So I think school should be an, school should be a priority. But basketball can't always be the number one, the, 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 the cause at some point injuries, age, attrition, that's all going to come down the line when you turn 30, 31, 32, 33. Some of these guys don't even last three, five years in the NBA. Look at Anthony Bennett. I'm one overall pick on the UNLV. He could have benefited staying in school at least another year. TJ Ford, great ball player. Didn't realize his, I feel like he didn't realize his full potential. Greg Oden could have stayed another year. I'm gonna stick with basketball. That's right. You see the title? We got our ass kicked again. We're eight and thirteen. We lost to the Mercury again. Eight and fourteen. Let me just give you the final score for the Mystics. Seventy-seven to sixty-four. I'm gonna talk about that in Saturday's video. Uh, where do I start? Um, I still haven't recovered from the fact we blew a twenty-one point lead. Um, then to come out the next night. And just, once this I, Maisha Hines had 16, okay. She twisted her ankle. I think, you know, like like the first, like within the first 10 minutes of the game. And on top of that, when she did come back, she's missed a good half of the first season because she was coming from a knee injury. We were back and forth. It was throwing haymakers. The score for five minutes was 11. And then it was a 7-0 run at the end of the first where Vegas was actually this close to pulling away. We kept it at two after the first quarter. Our lead came then. the second quarter. It was a little under eight minutes and 30 seconds. Tina Charles would an open three. And then the Aces took the lead. Matt put this stat out again. The Aces turned the ball over 14 times. And we definitely took advantage of that. But we had an eight-point lead going to halftime. Tina Charles had 17 points in the second quarter. In the third quarter, there were five lead changes. And then on top of that, from the halftime until the fourth quarter, for 10 minutes, that was a really intense game. Once again, I have to point this out. Shatori Walker-Kimbrell, who signed with the Mystics for the rest of the season. I'm actually glad she's still with us. She should have been with us from the jump. I don't know why we moved on from her, but that's either here nor there. Natasha Cloud. Another, another game with single digits. Seven points. Three supplissants. Two points. Cindy Weiss, two points. Erica McCall, six. Elani Mitchell, a donut. Like, <laughs> I mean, Satori, six. Maisha, six. Tina Charles, another double double. Ariel Atkins, 24. I. <laughs> I, I can't make this up, people. Tina Charles cannot, 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 cannot lead this team by herself. We, They didn't cheat until, I, and, and I get it, on paper, Emma Mieseman, Elena Deladon, Alyssa Clark, I think on paper healthy as a top two, top three team in the league. But without Deladon, we don't know when she's going to come back. Emma Miesemann, I don't know when she's coming back. Alyssa Clark's not coming back until next year. This is what this is this is the product. This is the results. Kelsey Plum had 24 points. And yet 21 of them came in clutch when came in clutch. Asia Wilson, a double-double. Liz Cambage had 10. Raqqana Williams had 10. Chelsea Gray had 13. You had five players in double digits, and we only had two. 21 of her 24 points, Kelsey Plum, came in the second half. This is disgusting to watch. And on top of that, we lost again to Phoenix. I mean, I'm, I'm looking. Ariel has had a, not a, a, a not a really okay one. I mean, she shot 44% from the field, but had a, from behind the arc, two of 11. The, the, the Natasha Cloud. I don't know where the, the 2019 and the 2018 Natasha Cloud's at right now. I don't know where she's at. Myisha Hines Allen, I feel like the ankles, it spring kind of knocked, kind of took some the momentum away from her. You know, sent, I, I look at these box scores and it's just inconsistencies, inconsistencies, people. And this was the same team that I said was going to be the, going into the, was going to be a top two, top three teams. Top two, top three team. When I made that 144 documentary, okay. If, if, if you don't mind, I, I, I want to point some other box scores out. And again, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to call people out. I'm just simply, I'm just simply seeing my, my eyes because again, I'm quoting quote the regular Ravens fan. Trust your eyes, okay. Sunday. When we blew that 21-point lead, we had four scores in double digits. But how we blew a 21-point lead is beyond me. Okay? Let's give another another one. Chicago, that was a good one. Let me go to the – where is it at? Here we go. The Liberty versus the Mystics. Tina Charles was the only score in double digits. Shavante Hells had five points in that game. Theresa Poissons had seven. Leilani had eight. Ariel Atkins had nine. Sydney had nine. Chatoru had eight. Megan had two. 2 of 9 3 of 9 3 of 11 3 of 9 3 of 6 1 of 2 2 of 8 from 3 I, I, just inconsistencies consistent scoring consistent consistent transition on on defense committing less turnovers and making the smart plays I can't tell you how bad it was with them not Trying to take it, not trying to create mismatches against Las Las Vegas. That's what stood out to me. They did not make any any significant moves like that. Now, let me pull up the rest of the schedule. Because we have, we're coming out of the walk. The last game is on the 19th. So we have, hold on, because we we played a storm. So we got, So we got 11 games left. We play the Storm home this Sunday. We got the Sparks. We got the Wings. Dallas Wings, we put the Wings twice. Um, Connecticut. So we're home for five games. Okay. We got to go on the road. We got to go to Minnesota. We got to go to Seattle. We come back home against Atlanta. We gotta go to Chicago on the 12th of September. We gotta go to New York on the 17th. Battle of Antietam's anniversary. Just random. Don't mind me. And then our final home game is against the Mystics, the 19th. At this point, if the playoffs started today, the Washington Mystics wouldn't even be in the playoffs. That's a fact. You know, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed in. Coach T's when they get a pass because obviously injuries. And um in and the smell of a championship from 2 years ago is still fresh in the air. But Natasha Cloud has got a contract extension. You're going to have to figure what you're going to do about Emma Meeson. Tina Charles signed on for another year. I don't think this is in my personal opinion, I don't think this is what she was expecting. I think she was expecting a little bit more. Because I I ain't going to lie, some of these girls on this team, we're going to have to really evaluate who stays, who goes. Because right now, like I said, the AC are two teams that are are not even above 500. Mediocre. And for Tina Charles to carry this team by herself? Are you serious? Let me... (laughs) Let me let, 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 let me let me play the let me play the clips from, from the from the post game because that that, that that this is disgusting. I listen. I love the Mystics, but we we've we got to be better. We have to be better than this. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely disgusting. I'm gonna have to really go to that last home game on the 19th. Though I ain't gonna lie. And Tina Charles is making history. I think she just passed Sue Bird, sixth all time. But come on, man, we cannot she just can't do it by herself? Now, I do want to point this out. Now, according to Caesar's um, Caesar's sports book, on the fifteenth, Ariel uh, against the against the Aces, Atkins scored twenty points and Myisha totaled sixteen. Atkins 24 points per game and Heinz 24 are the third and fourth most points against the Aces this season. Washington average going into this game averaged half threes against the Aces this season, the most in the league. Tina Charles totaled four three-pointers, marking four of eight of shooting on the 15th. Now, that was that when we blew that 21-point lead, I got to find the other one but this was the other night against las vegas and you got to take my word for it just listen with just listen with coach t tina and them got to say look at the body language especially on especially on ariel
5: uh, i mean i yeah that that's a that's a question that's not really an easy answer i mean do do what different i mean we we were i mean kelsey plum got hot we didn't do a good job on her but i don't know other than find somebody else to guard her, um, she made shots up against you know three different people. Um, she, I thought she was the difference in the game. she was great for them. Um, you know we did a reasonable job on their other players, uh, but they shot a great percentage. I mean they made shots. We don't have the size to match up with them right now. Um, and I thought you know again in the second half, uh, they're switching all the things we worked on uh, the last two days. Still, we didn't solve it. Um, we're not as good as them right now. Um, you know, we're playing you know, two to three quarters of good basketball, uh, but their experience and their size and their making shots. I mean, you know, when you get uh, thirty-four points from their bench and we have ten, that's a, that's a that's a tough you know thing.
1: see my point. I mean how, how can you can't how, i mean what, what are you supposed to say can't defend that 34 points off their bench compared to this was the other night
6: exactly um trying to figure it out just need to be more locked in need to be more engaged we got to want it more it's not like we don't have the pieces to do it or the people who can't do it um yeah exactly what he about you know exactly what she said she said that we have two days to, to get back to phoenix and that's the most important game as eric tebow has said most important game right now on this trip is, is getting to, uh, is, is that game versus Phoenix, you know, they're right close to us in the standing. So we just got to get this bad taste out of our mouth and then try to get this one. Um, I think she's just being aggressive and taking what the defense gives her. Um, I think she knows that she's one of the, the top players to look to and go to. And I think that's what she's trying to do right now. Um, and, and so I'm, you know, the coach is not saying anything to her. We're not saying anything to her, you know, we believe and have confidence and, in her and her maturation into the player that she is.
1: Exactly. Um, Ariel Atkins, please, is next. But as you guys can probably. Look look at this body language. This is what I'm talking about. We
6: look like a championship team. But as you.
1: Because before, she took the words out of my mouth on this this
6: interview. As you guys can probably see, we look like a championship team in the first half, and then coming out in the second half, we just don't have the same energy or grit to us. Um, So that's something that we have to figure out. I don't think that's something that our coaches can help us with. I think that's on us. We show up every night in the way that we know how for 40 minutes. We look different. And then the conversation becomes we're one of the best teams in the league. Um, I feel like right now the narrative is, man, the they are good, or they can be good, but something's just missing, and that's on us to figure out. And so to me, that's our vibe right now. Is it's on us to figure out what it is that's missing, and a lot of times I don't think that's gonna come through talk. I think that's just gonna come through action. But as you guys can probably see, we look like a And and team and,
1: and honestly, she she makes a good point. You know, I, I just I I really just don't know what else you can say. Um, it's it, it's not coaching. I I and, and I'm not calling out. I'm not pointing. I'm just pointing out what I'm seeing in the game. You know what I'm observing. It, 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 these are some something things got to give for this. Something has to give. I, I just think, you know, not saying that these that this team on paper like right now they're not bad, and don't say we don't have the pieces, but you got to step it up. There's got to be some consistent scoring. Like there's just no way in that first half we come out looking like like she said a championship team, and then we look like like like. like ducks without heads our heads are chopped off that, that that's impossible that, that, there's no excuse for that and again like I said Tina Charles is making history she's now six all-time I believe she's going to pass Cappy Pondexter and top five. I think she'll finish at least not top five and she'll finish top five before the season's over and at this point give her she she needs to be scoring champion unfortunately you know we're going to talk about this in this weekend you know who, who are the potential MVP candidates She's one of them, but her team's not winning. And unfortunately, she shouldn't be because she, I give her between her and John Quallan Jones, she'd be MVP. But I guarantee you, it's going to be Breonna Stewart. It's just frustrating. And then tonight, we lost by 13. The Washington misses will figure it out. I, I hope I really hope Della Dawn comes back, Emma comes back. But something some, something going for this team, is, I don't see this team right now staying the same next year. I don't. I really don't. I, I really see some changes being made. Because I I say the biggest disappointment is Natasha Cloud this whole season. I, I don't know where the 2018-2019 Natasha Cloud is at right now. It's just got a contract extension. Emma's, Emma, Emma, gets. A, I mean, Emma, Elena gets a pass because she's recovering from back surgery. Emma was overseas playing for Belgium. Everybody else had. Last topic of the night. Talk about Naomi Osaka and the mainstream media. You know, I made a video talking about. Naomi and, um, you know, why I applaud her, you know, understanding that, you know, taking away some time from tennis to get herself together. uh, I've also been in my personal opinion, looking at it from the outside, you know, the media, what's really interesting about the media and and the reason why I decided to pursue a, a degree in mass communications and journalism and media is because the media always controls the narrative. But the one thing you have to be careful with is, is that, you know, there are, there, are, there is media that's good, that does help you get your word out there. And I feel like there are people in the media, but I think that's just, that's all, it's just, you know, with drama itself, with anything that, like, for example, you know, I've made a few videos where, you know, like Steven, like but Steve, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Stephen A. Smith, where he, he's been taking shots at Steve Nash about, you know, Steve Nash getting a head coaching job and, you know, and that doesn't happen to black people, you know, that that's a narrative that he's pushing instead of saying, well, why aren't you mad at Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving for not saying, hey, you didn't want to consider hiring a black coach. Brad Stevens, everyone was like, he got fired into a promotion. Instead of looking at the bigger picture, well, Brad Stevens probably spoke a language that Danny Ainge ownership understood. And on top of who they hired, they hired a black coach. But everyone was saying that was right privilege. The point I'm trying to make is, is that with Naomi Osaka, I think I was watching on first take I will get to that but actually I'm gonna hold that thought so this is we're, so we're gonna get into this because there was a she's coming back for the Sensi tournament tennis tournament and um this is at the Cincinnati Enquirer Pratt Paul Doherty uh basically the beginning back kind of some backlash because according to her agent she was bullied and I'm gonna play a clip from First Take, but I, we're gonna play the we're gonna play this clip. Now, real quick, I want you guys to listen to the question and, 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 and with, with, without being biased and having an open mind, just listen to the question. I apologize if the audio is low or for her. I don't really understand why it was that low. Now, and you see, like, in the then she starts breaking down in tears. And then that really started this whole. Why, were you able to see that? Hold on. Please tell me you guys were able to see that.
7: please state your name
4: and publication and ask
6: a question. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's Paul Dockherty from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Let's follow up on that last question. Um, you're not crazy about dealing with... with. I with, uh, didn't play, I apologize. Especially in this format. Yet you have a lot of outside interests that are, that are served by having a media platform. I guess my question is, how do you balance the two? And, and also, do you have anything you'd like to share with us about what you did say to Simone Biles?
8: Um, when you say I'm not crazy about dealing with you guys, what does that refer to?
6: Well, you said you, you don't especially like the press conference format. Mm. yet that seems to be the, the obviously the most widely used means of communicating to the media and through the media to the public. Question. I'm sorry. I would say.
1: I'm sorry I just want to pause I apologize ladies and gentlemen I thought I shared my screen and played the, the clip I apologize hmm, that's interesting um and I apologize if you can't hear her because she she's talking
8: really low when to do the press conference is what I feel is the most difficult but hmm Sorry, I'm thinking. Um,
4: I think we can move on to the next question, Naomi. Do you want to move on to the next question?
8: Um. No, I'm actually very interested in that like, point of view. So if you could repeat that, that'd be awesome.
6: Uh, the question was that you're not especially fond of of dealing with the media, especially in this format. You have suggested there are better ways to do it, that that we'd like to try to explore that. Uh, My my question, I guess, was you also have outside interests beyond tennis that that are served by having uh, the the platform that the media presents to you. My my question is how, how are you able, how do you think you might be able to best balance the two?
8: Um, I mean, for me, I feel like this is something that I can't, I can't really speak for everybody. I can only speak for myself, but ever since I was younger, I've had a lot of media interest on me, and I think it's because of my background as well as, you know, how I play, um, Because in the first place, I'm a tennis player. That's why a lot of people are interested in me. So I would say in that regards, I'm quite different to a lot of people. And I can't really help that there are some things that I tweet or some things that I say that um, kind of create a lot of news articles or things like that. And I know that it's because I've won a couple grand slams um, and I've gotten to do a lot of press conferences that these things happen. Um, But I would also say, like, I, I'm not really sure how to balance it too. like, I'm figuring it out at the same time as you are, I would say.
4: Okay, thank you, Paul, we've got, we're gonna do four more questions, or four more journalists, we're gonna go Courtney, Jeff, Stuart, and then Ben Rothenberg. So Courtney, please go ahead and state your name and publication. please. Thank you.
2: Uh, Courtney Nguyen, WTA Insider. Uh, hello, Naomi. Hopefully, it's okay if I ask a couple of tennis questions.
1: See, like, like right there. Like, I'm confused because I'm trying to figure out. And then everybody came out. This is her agent came up with this. Stewart de Gaulle. He criticized and called, labeled him a bully. First and foremost, he started off his, his his statement by saying, "The bully at the Cincinnati Enquirer is an epithet of why player and player." My player media relations are so fraught right now. Joy Gunn said, per New York Times Ben Roth, Rothenberg, everyone on that Zoom will agree that his tone was all wrong and his sole purpose was to intimidate really appalling behavior. And his insinua- insinuation that Naomi owes her off the course success of the media is a myth. Don't be self indulgent. Now, I'm, I'm torn. I'm gonna tell you why I'm torn because there was no bullying in that question at all. What he's saying is how you see, because let, let you, you, you the question to me, this is why I interpreted it. You know, we understand that you're not fond of being, you know, being asked questions. We understand that. But Don't you think the media has helped you play a role, has played a role into where you are at in your tennis career, your life right now? That's what I think he was trying to say. And how do you balance that? It's not easy to balance it as an athlete. Listen, you look at my intro.
0: First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, "Hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am." But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, "When a coach is wrong, I'm gonna call him out, but when players are wrong, I'm gonna call them out." But listen, I'm gonna criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it.
1: I mean, my intro is basic, but my intro right there is basically like, wait a minute. You know, there are good media people that do give Naomi Osaka, Kyrie Irving credit and respect that it's due. My only issue is, is that where's the bullying? If anything, the agent was wrong. Because first and foremost, his tone sounded fine. I saw nothing wrong with his tone, ladies and gentlemen. Let me ask you a question, if that's bullying, because now we have to see, because now you see, how we're, you see how we're putting things in context and we're not we're not putting it in the right context. So question. So in Barry Trammell, right, Oklahoma City, when Russell Westbrook was with the Thunder and they playing, were playing, I want to say it was against the Rockets. He asked Steve asked a question. I'm basically paraphrasing. He said, yo, man. When, when when Russ goes on off the floor, how come they don't play well? They don't play with the same energy. Russ took offense to that. That was the truth. When he goes off the floor, they don't play with the same energy. They end up losing the game by like 20, 15, 20 points. They got swept. Battle the first round three times. That's not bullying. That's critiquing. That's criticism. We can critique that. Is that bullying now I want to play a quick clip Well, first and foremost I want to skip I want to start at the beginning because I was watching the first take and Molly Kar said something that kind of that 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 grind my gears the wrong way because the way let me, let me again I'm gonna preface my comments I, I don't have anything personal against Molly but I, I feel like Molly puts her two cents in at the wrong time. You know, and listen, not wrong with giving an opinion, but sometimes it's like, Molly, what are you talking about? So that's why I just want you to listen to this.
7: That it's the timing inferring. So a lot to break down there. Stephen A., I'll start with you. Obviously, the reporter inferring that she isn't crazy about the media she cleared that up she said that it's the timing that bothers her it's not the format and she said she draws massive attention um not just because of her play but obviously her ethnic background and we can see right there she was authentic she's trying to figure it out but the
1: i don't think it has to do with well,
7: the weight of the world appears to be on her shoulders. what, what was your reaction to that press conference
1: now I want to I want to let me let me just skip a little bit, y'all. I don't want to hold y'all up because we're kind of going to two hours of the, of the podcast, and I kind of want to wrap it up, but I don't want to go too far into it. So I'm just going to skip a little bit. Excuse
9: me. Wait a minute, Molly. You, you, let me let me finish. Let me just finish. She was interested in the question, Stephen A. The, now, so John Sawatsky, the old interview guru at ESPN, would have would have said if I asked a question like that, he would have told me you made a couple of mistakes here. You baked an assumption into the question, yes. right? You also asked two questions, a double-barreled question. You shouldn't do that. But the gist of it, the spirit of it, was, hey, we I understand you don't really like these kind of press conferences. And he never said, as the agent said, didn't suggest, stated. The agent said that, that the me- he thinks the media uh, is responsible for uh, her success. Wait a minute, Molly. See that? Right there. So you, you, let, me, let, me finish, let me just finish the thought. And you, you, Obviously, you feel otherwise. I didn't hear that at all. What he, what he did suggest was the media can be useful yes. to someone who has a platform to amplify their platform, to deliver yes. messages that Naomi Osaka seems interested in delivering. She was both emotionally and intellectually engaged by the question. I thought it was a thoughtful question. I thought she gave a thoughtful response. And it struck a nerve with her, I'm sure, because I'm sure it dredged up. Every time she tries to do something good, she sends out a social media message or anything. I'm sure she deals with backlash and increased scrutiny, increased pressure. Whatever it was, it dredged up emotion for her. Nothing there was untoward or, or out of line. The agent's statement. Calling the reporter a bully, bully frames it in a way that, based on what we saw, simply is not the case. Well,
7: I and, would and, want that
1: agent. And and and, and right there before, because I want you to hear Molly's little, little little smart little smart comment. You see, the see the agent was wrong to even consider, to even make that statement of bullying. See the problem is, see that's kinda, see that's. I, 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 that's that's kind of that's moving the goalposts A little bit Because what you're saying is Well Her success The media has nothing to do with that The media does play a part in that I've said that there's good media And there's bad media The media always controls the narrative However, it's up to Naomi Osaka Kyrie Irving Or Kevin Durant To not let the media dictate you Who you are as a person the media has played a role where it's vilified Kevin Durant it vilified LeBron James. It's even doing that to Lamar Jackson because they criticize him as a passer. Even I'm not going to get into that soapbox, but when I look at the question, most of those reporters behind closed doors will say, well, he didn't say anything. you know what they'll say? Well, it was the way he, it was the way the question was asked. So what was I supposed to ask? See, if he said something that was egregious, that's one thing. But if he said, and the other, he said, hey, wait a minute. We have played a part into why you're being so successful. You're one of the best tennis players in the game. You know, when Serena Williams calls it a career, the torch is going to be passed to you. And when, you know, when it comes to the me, there comes an expectation. The media, listen. You're going to get all the praise, all the glory, all the criticism. You're going to get those things,
4: but you have to not let the media dictate you
1: in a way where it's negative. Kyrie Irving, the same thing. I understand. I respect the brother and where he's mindset. You know, giving to a Pakistani village, um, social injustice. The same thing with the WNBA, the NBA, all that but you cannot let the media dictate what you do. You cannot let it happen because why? For example, I made a whole video back in June, last year after when Jacob Blake got shot seven times, and the NBA and the WNBA wanted to poke, what, what, you know, out of the blue cancel games. My question was straight up, and still this question to this day, what was the plan? I didn't get an answer but for that. what was? And, and, and the response was, or a social a, a social relations department uh, a a a group of guys where we're talking about social injustice in, in the 144 documentary go look at my video i played a clip of Courtney williams said wait a minute where are our priorities at basically she said i came in the even get paid now all of a sudden because another person gets shot let's stop dribbling a the basketball go home and protest you kind of let the media dictate that
7: In a foxhole with me. Don't you think, though, gentlemen, there was a bit of an agenda by the reporter? It felt like he was leading the witness to a sense. There wasn't much objectivity. Um, You don't like us, but you need us, and I think that's what the agent was Uh, speaking to. I see. That's
9: why you're objecting to because he did. I
1: get what she was trying to say, but I think she—that's a reach. That's a reach. I think what he was trying to say is, don't you think the media? I think what he was really trying to say is. Do you believe the media has played a role into why you are in the position that you are now as a successful black woman, black Japanese African American mixed with oh well, sorry her father's Haitian, Japanese and also Japanese, a woman of color. Aren't you don't you think the media has played a role in why and where the position
4: that you're in today? Say need. Yeah. Yeah. See, I so, didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear that. Okay. I didn't get Okay. It. Yeah. I got it.
7: So okay. that's where. I didn't, I didn't that. That's where I feel like there was a bit of an agenda on the reporter's part. It wasn't just an objective question. Why? Um, why don't you like dealing with the media? But you need us too. I, I just Molly, wouldn't well, you say
9: that it's fair to say that the, that someone who wants to message things does need no with social media no, mainstream media
7: you to amplify the message because they're social media.
4: You don't think the, that mainstream media...
9: I think
7: I think, think you could go viral with social media. Look at yeah, Stephen but we
4: don't, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't know if we know that's what he was talking about. In other words, what he's saying is that, because in, 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 you have a lot of people, unfortunately, and you know this as well as I do, yeah. as well as you do too, Max, there are a lot of people that interpret social media as the media as well. You mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In other words, you use that platform to disseminate a message. So in other words, we don't know. Again, I don't know the reporter. I don't know anything about them. Yes. You know, I was told this morning that he had, you know, some kind of history of being an antagonist. I don't know. I read really, I've read a couple of his columns over the years, you know, but I don't know him at all. All I'm talking about is looking at the press conference. I thought the two people that asked her the question were delicate in how they asked it to, to her. her. exactly. And so yeah. when he says bullying. And, you know, I'm saying, wait a minute now. I, I I didn't get that. Now, if she said that, to me, she's entitled to interpret it any way she, she so chooses. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. she's the one up there on the podium. She's probably seen these individuals before. And she obviously going through all the things that she's going through. She is perfectly entitled to interpret it any way she chooses. But for him to give a statement to the New York Times and accuse the reporters of bullying based on what we heard. Only what we heard I totally that agree. was my issue. I, I totally didn't get I didn't get that from those two questions, Molly. I'm not saying I know anything about yeah. his agenda, I don't know anything about what he's done to them in the past or anything. Just watching that press conference, I, th- I, I felt didn't like get he that had a from bit of an agenda. Him. I totally agree. See, like
1: you see what I'm talking about, like right there. Like you feel like, okay, that's your opinion, you're entitled to it. But the, like it it, it kind of it, it disturbs me because like Molly, same thing, like okay. If you're feeling that strong, okay, same thing. Where are you at with the WNBA and the 144? Where are you at with the All-Star Game and other things like that? You feel like there's an agenda there. Okay, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But I think, see, I I just think a, a lot of it just comes down to where we have become sensitive, in my personal opinion, as a society, where we can't take criticism. Listen, criticism... If I sat there and say LeBron James, for example, you know what? When I just said it earlier, LeBron James in my personal opinion is not a top not, is not the best player in the NBA this right now. That's my opinion. Giannis Adetokounmpo and Kevin Durant are the top two players in the NBA. That's my opinion. Well, LeBron James isn't the same basketball player anymore. That's that's the, that's to me like, and I'm 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 not going to go into detail with it. He, I mean, he's not washed up, but he's not the top player in the league. There's no agenda behind that. That's that's a fact. Because if you watch these last few seasons, like I said, it's a different that Patrick the torch is being passed. It's a new brand of basketball. But let me get off that and finish this. I'm finish this up. Hey. I want to get to the, I want to get into another video from yesterday
9: with your characterization. Stephen A. I totally agree with that. Not only was it not bullying, it, was act, it went out of its way to be considerate. The question, the way it was phrased, even when the reporter asked, I guess, he's trying to soften everything he says and trying to and, and I think that's one of the reasons she wanted to engage with the question. Molly, in terms of the agenda, I do think, I mean, and you, you may argue that a reporter always has an agenda and a question they ask yeah. for trying to get information. But I, do, I agree with you if you want to say they, she doesn't need that's right, mm-hmm. because you can right. get a message out there without mainstream media, but mainstream media will amplify. And so his basic point was, how said, do you, Steve he's after you. Money. I think it's yeah. genuine curiosity. curiosity balance the fact that you don't
4: like these kind of press conferences with the idea that it can be useful to you. Max, let me, That was the gist of it. Max, yeah. let me give Molly the last word by saying this to you, Molly, and I asked yeah. this to you as a question. Here we all sit here on this show. Mm-hmm. Um We've all been in the business quite a long time, and we ask questions. Yeah. You're the moderator of this show. Yep. Mm -hmm. You ask questions all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and you've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. Right here, you were at the NFL Network before this. Mm -hmm. You've asked questions for many, many years. Yeah. Just based on those two questions. Nothing else. No background information. No anything. Just watching it because that's me. Because again, I don't know who was asking the questions, and I don't know any history. Just based on those two questions, did you peel bullying?
1: Now, what I want you to hear now, 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 his question was now his question was straight up. Did you get bullying from the question? Listen to this answer
7: from that. I think I, if I was there, I would have said, "How are you handling your media responsibilities?" It would it would have been more obj- objective. That's where I think it was more of an agenda, where he was elicit, he was looking.
1: You said she kind of she kind of ran away from the question to
7: elicit a certain response. Okay. I don't think I would characterize it as bullying, but I also don't think it was objective journalism either. Uh, so that's how I would explain it if I'm answering your question there, Stephen A. I do want to point out one other thing.
1: That that really wasn't answering the question, like that. Like so, now the biggest thing is now we got to have a define of what's what's journalism and what's and then what's bullying because if that's the case, well, hell, then a lot of these when when, when these guys write these columns and stuff like that is that not you know? But for example, where Chris, I'll give you an example when Jim Palmer when he because he he does commentary for the for the Baltimore Orioles, Chris Davis was. For a hot minute, hot trash, where the point was he didn't even change his approach at the plate. It was not that great, and Jim Palmer called it out, and it was like, "Wow, like, do you even like really care? Like, you're you're not having a great year." And and it, Chris Davis took offense to that, but that's that's criticism. Hey, you know, change your approach at the plate. You know, you're you you were one at one time one of the best feared hitter, most most feared hitters in the game. What, what what's the problem? Now, now t- to yesterday because it's now one o'clock in the morning. This is gonna be, this is gonna wrap this up. This was her and another press conference, and I under and, and and to me this shed a light more. I think of what she was trying. I think what was trying to say, but couldn't get it out.
8: about this since the last time I sat here like um, I' was wondering why am I so ooh, why was I so affected, I guess? like what made me not want to do media in the first place? And then I was thinking, um, I'm wondering if I was scared because like sometimes I would see headlines of like players losing and then the headline the next day would be like a collapse or like they're not that great anymore. So then I was thinking um, me waking up every day for me, I should feel like I'm winning, you know, like the choice to go out there and play, to go see fans that people come out and watch me play. That itself is an accomplishment. And I'm not sure when along the way I started desensitizing that, like it started not being like an accomplishment for me. So I felt like I was very ungrateful on that fact. And then, I don't know, like, I I think definitely this whole COVID thing was really stressful with the bubbles and not seeing people and not having um, like the interactions. But I I think like, I guess seeing the state of the world, like um, how everything is in Haiti, how everything is um, in Afghanistan right now is definitely really crazy. And for me to just, be hitting a tennis ball in the United States right now and have people come and watch me play is, I don't know. Like I would want to be myself in this situation rather than anyone else in the world.
1: And, and like, and like right there, you know, it, 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 it really, it gave, it really gave a, gave me a different perspective of not only really just myself but life because she's she, she's going to be 23 and you know she's four years i mean she's i'm a few years old couple like three i'm three and a half years older than her and you know it's so amazing to really see how she's able to be so thoughtful and empathetic of 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 what of what goes around her, you can tell. I, I I listen. I'm she's one of those. She she pays attention to detail. You know, she's saying, "Well, you know," when she said it. She goes in the headlines. Oh, a collapse! They're not the same team anymore. That's what I think. Make put. I think that's why it makes her the way in my participation, way because she, she's afraid to. See in the headlines, not afraid, but she takes that personal. If you know she goes, because I think she played um when she lost to Martica. I cannot press. It was it was an it was only a Tokyo Olympics. Okay, people are going to go to town with that. Like for example, right when. Like when the Lakers lost to the Suns, I guarantee the headlines were, "Oh wow, you know, Lakers swept. Can this team go to the finals?" The media dictates the narrative, but if you look at the if you look at the facts, yes, Lebron wasn't Lebron wasn't healthy. AD couldn't stay healthy. Dennis Schroeder, who you know, what wasn't you know was inconsistent. You know, um, Kyle Kuzma was inconsistent. Washington was in the same breath, like the first month or half of the year from what they were supposed to be on paper. We're not the same team, but I think the biggest thing for me is you, you can never let the media dictate your future. I mean, dictate you as a, as a person, but it doesn't matter if you're an athlete or or a regular nine to five person, it doesn't matter. Because think about, it. you know, she, she, I think she has family. I think because her father is from, is from Haiti. Think about how that's tra- kind of traumatizing for her. So you know, she's thinking about that, you know, what's going on in Afghanistan, you know, just all across the world we've dealing with this pandemic. That, 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 that can, that, that can wear on a person. Because, you know, we have to subject to that every day on the media. We ought to be subjected to that. But again, we can never let the media dictate us as a general public. Cannot let that happen because the biggest thing, in my personal opinion, particularly when it comes to these athletes, yes athletes are going to get all the praise and all the glory they're going to get criticized you're going to have that and, and unfortunately that's just the way it works when you're a star you get, again it happens but in this in this retrospect i think for her she takes that personal and that's okay but channel that energy but i feel like that energy should be channeled to where you prove your critics wrong because let's hey, listen everyone's gonna have critics I'm gonna have critics. Naomi only is gonna have critics. Kyrie Irving has gonna have critics. Listen, I was critical of Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving a few times because I'm saying, "Yo, man, where's your priorities at?" You know, from talking about, "Oh, I never agreed to have Steve Nash as a head coach, and 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 for the Brooklyn Nets, or oh, we did. We should let's not go down to the bubble. Let's create our own basketball league." But I see where his he, look, his heart's in the right place, and I respect it. It's just the way you present your message to the media, because why? Because when you present your message the wrong way, the media goes to town with it. It's fact. Just look at what, I mean, just look, just look what you're seeing on the media right now. Don't take my word for it. Because the, the narrative, because the, the media loves to spin the narrative. And Saka, <clears throat> for for what it's worth, really gave thoughtful insight because again, like, can you really be mad at what she was trying to say? No. But I think for the for those who think that reporter was bullying her, no. That's where you, that that's where you and I can be diverse. I think we can, we can, we can agree and disagree I disagree. I didn't see any bullying in that. I didn't, but I wanted to play that one clip because like Molly, Molly Karam can be very interesting. I mean, she's entitled to her opinion, her beliefs. But I think when she puts her two cents in, in my opinion, it, it, it's not at the right time. It's kind of like, really, Molly? But with that being said, I've now tucked your ears off for two hours and 21 minutes. Um, that's going to end the podcast. Uh, that's going to end episode 11. I'll have that uploaded uh, tomorrow. Episode 12 will go live Saturday. Um, so I'm going to cover the Washington football game, Baltimore game against the, the Panthers. we we'll cover, we'll break down the Mystics versus the Phoenix Mercury. Um, and there's going to be some other topics that I will cover in episode 12. So be tuned in for that. But well, With that being said, y'all have a good night. I'm out. Peace. Stay up, y'all. First of
0: all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, We don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, These young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out, but when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. (laughs)